Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, welcome back, everybody. All right, I'll tell you what. I got to get a few things off my chest here, kind of right off the top. I've got my show notes. Everything's organized and ready to roll here. I'll probably miss something because there's just so much to cover here. Um, Plenty of jab-related things per usual, certainly this time around. Lots come out here recently. And uh, a couple of education stories, too. Particular rabbit hole I want to dive down that Sicily sent me. It's problematic, certainly with the word usage when it comes to homeschooling families and what the government has planned for them. Certainly in New Mexico, potentially, but it could be the next shoe to drop when it comes to infringing on the rights of homeschooling families. You, of course, know that I've alluded to that in the past and said that's the next move for the enemy is that they'll have to go after the homeschooling families because they got to get money somewhere. With all these schools failing and with all these schools closing as a result of, of course, the jabbed and the employees dying and getting sick and whatever, it's becoming uh, financially oh, what do you say, impossible for them to continue to exist, and uh, that's not going to get better with time. But with that said, let me let me mention this here. Again, I'm going to start a, talking about the jab stuff, of course, later, but uh, right now I, gotta, I just got to get this off. I used to have sympathy for, you know, the people who took the jabs, and I, and I still do. And it has more to do with the individuals that are so brainwashed and wrapped up in whatever it is that's going on in their lives, <clears throat> excuse me, that they have absolutely no idea what is taking place with the people around them. And of course, because they are brainwashed themselves, they have no idea what they have done to themselves. So I want to make a, a very clear distinction here. When it comes to the everyday American, whether I've known them or not, whether I've ever seen them before or I haven't. If they did this to themselves and they are not in a position where they could negatively influence someone else, specifically, I'll say not a politician or not an elected official or not a doctor or not a nurse, those individuals, again, I I feel badly for. Because what is happening to them, what will happen to them, um, all of it is is awful. Again, again, as an American, even for the individuals that don't live in America, in America, <clears throat> excuse me, it is it's awful. This is a genocide of mass proportions. Where I have no sympathy anymore are for the jabbed elected officials that are destroying our country, the really jabbed people. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the innocent elected official who's been on our side and, and knows that this is what it is. I'm not talking about that person, albeit that individual's very rare that that person would exist. But I'm talking about all of the leftist whack jobs and even the individuals on the right who are not speaking up about what's going on regarding the shots. And as a result of them being elected officials, they are driving everyone around them into the ground and the people that they're supposed to represent right into the ground. I have no sympathy for these people anymore. Absolutely none. I used to enjoy Walter Mitty, you know, speaking to them and, and uh, 
approaching them, whether it be, again, a city council meeting or other meetings, and saying, you have no idea what you've done to yourselves. You need to stop, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even going to run through it anymore because I'm, I'm just tired of it. But in the town where I live is a perfect example. The city council where I live, these individuals are the dumbest that uh, society has to offer. They are all hard left. They are all jabbed. I have no, I have no sympathy for these people. They are seeking to destroy the town where I live by continuing to push through all of their political ideologies and, and everything that goes with it, whether it be solar panels on buildings, whether it be, and I've covered the, the dangers of that, of course, which was brought to my attention by that Michigan business owner, but it's not just the solar panels, you know, it's the electric vehicles and electric buses that they want and telling people how to vote and and all of this and not not even thinking for a minute of what they have done when it comes to the mere suggestion and even the coercion that they put on people to take these shots that are killing the people who took them. I have no sympathy for these people, none. I want them to expire. I know how that sounds, but I'm past that line. I've crossed that line now. I want these people to flat out expire. And I'll say it, doesn't bother me in the slightest. Because if they don't expire as a result of what they've done, they're, they're going to continue to hurt the people around them. <clears throat> Excuse me, which involves, of course, the people in the town where I live. Their stupidity has got to back up on them eventually. And this has to happen all across the world, all across the United States. These city councils, these school board meetings, all of them. I just have zero sympathy for these people, none at all. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to warn them anymore. I'm not going to another school board meeting. I'm not going to a city council meeting. I'm not going to give them any kind of an opportunity to even hear my voice regarding what they've done to themselves so that they can at least sit with it for a minute and understand that you can't be on polar opposite sides of a singular issue and have both sides be right and both sides be wrong. One has to be right and one has to be wrong, but I don't even want to suggest it to them anymore. They don't want to hear from us. We've heard from them. We listen to them. We know what they think. We know what they feel. We know what they say, what they do, what they scheme what they have planned. I want nothing to do with it anymore. I hope they take the flu shots. I hope they take the RSV shots. I hope they take more COVID shots because that's the only thing that's going to help save us. It's going to open a door when they are gone, and it's going to open an opportunity, potentially, for us to then show up after the fact and say, we told you so. And as a result of saying, we told you so, on a grand stage, when they are expired, maybe then people will start to listen. But as of right now, the city council and the school board members, I'm shocked they're still alive. I truly am. They've had people around them die, people that they know die, people who work underneath them die, but they aren't making the connection. And these people, again, they were able-bodied people. I'm not talking about the elderly. These individuals were jabbed. You heard me mention the finance director in the town where I live. Dropped over dead in the middle of the day on his lunch break in the center of town right next to a 5G tower. Jabbed. 
to the bone. At least two or three jabs. <clears throat> this guy just, again, just dropped over, dead. Ho-hum, back to work. That was unfortunate. What a sad event. But somebody's working hard in his office now and taking up the reins and filling his place and blah, blah, blah. And they just go right back into it. Right back into it. And, the, and again, <laughs> the fall is coming up yet again. One more year comes around here. With every passing month, it's not getting better for the jab, certainly with every passing season and the closer that we get to fall and winter. When the leaves, as you've heard me say, the leaves start coming off of the trees, that's the natural cycle of the human body to get rid of toxic cells, which means people's immune systems kick into overdrive whether they have those immune systems anymore or not. And if they don't have them, those people become ill. My point is this. It's such an odd state of affairs that we have to watch the natural decline of human beings in order to actually save us potentially from their ill will and their wrongdoing on all of us. I find that remarkable. I mean, what a, again, what a time to be alive. What an absolute time to be alive. It's incredible. And the number of people who have no idea what I'm saying is equally as incredible. It blows me away. There's so much fact out there and so much truth instead of a person just shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, okay, I guess it's this way. No, it's way worse. It's, it's way worse. And I'm not blackpilling here. Again, this is not some blackpilling thing. This, these are facts. These are straight up facts. And I have more facts to, again, lay out here in this episode that's going to show exactly what's going on and where the concern really exists. But the number of people who have no idea that there is a concern is what is so problematic. And I know I've said that a million times on the show here. I'm going to keep saying it. It blows me away that people's pride, albeit a deadly sin, emphasis on the word deadly, is so strong that they will not come to the recognition of what they have done to themselves, and then they won't even look up how to potentially, I don't even know if you can prevent what's coming. I don't even know if you can. Again, all the prophylactic uh, you know, remedies and uh, you're going to need more than ivermectin as this, as this article I'm going to read a little bit later specifically describes, but the brainwashed have to expire, specifically the ones who are elected officials who are driving this country into the ground. These people have got to go and we don't have to do it. The only thing we have to do is just not warn them anymore. I know that sounds cold-blooded, <laughs> but if you knew the depths of evil with the people in the, in the town where I live, I mean, my God, they have no idea. Again, <laughs> not only do they have no idea what's going on, they actually think, as one of them said in a recent city council meeting, he literally said, everybody knows that electric is the way to go. And electric vehicles are far better than the combustion engine. You know, I, what do you say to that? What do you say to that level of brainwashing? 
you can't say anything. That person's not going to make it. I mean, we all know what the new definition of literacy is. You cannot walk through this life being that flippin' stupid and expect to survive. You can't. And he's not going to make it. Neither are the people around him. Because there are people around him who agree with him. Those people won't make it either. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So thanks for listening to that rant. I'm sure you agree to a great extent. You've probably agreed with that long before I just said it. But, you know, I'm just past it now. I'm over it. It's time for them to go. Uh, Let me get into a few other things here. I know that I don't speak about this too often when it comes to Donald Trump and, uh, and the plan that's clearly rolling out here, which, again, I don't think there's any denying it. There's just no denying that there is a legit operation taking place. Endless threads on it, uh, endless posts about it, the documentation shows it, all the executive orders that have been signed, so on and so forth. It, um, it's remarkable what's taking place here. But I don't think that for a minute any of these indictments are real. I I don't know if it's a white hat controlled thing or if it's a black hat controlled thing where where the black hat tries a particular thing and then the white hats are behind the scenes and immediately crush it. I mean, Trump's recent indictment's already been crushed. It's already over with. He has presidential privilege. He has the First Amendment. He's allowed to declass whatever he wants. He's allowed to speak about any event that he wants. People's feelings have nothing to do with facts, so it's it's already over before it even starts. But I find it I find it incredible. I did want to read this, and this ties into Trump and is jab related also. But this was written by J D Rucker, who writes online, I believe, on Substack, and uh, and he also has a show of his own, if I'm not mistaken. But he, this was another scenario that he threw up, which is again. Very plausible. Uh, I just selected these first three paragraphs out of a particular paper that he wrote, but I wanted to read it here and uh, yeah, roll it around the brain pan and see what you think. He said the following quote: "I've long said the powers that be went into this knowing that their bioweapon jabs would eventually be blamed for what they've been causing for so long. They're working just as intended, slowly but steadily causing more and more health issues." In their recipients. But news of James's cardiac arrest, he's referring to LeBron James's kid, came too soon for the powers that be in their timetables. They don't want the truth to come out just yet. My hypothesis has been that they would reveal the dangers of the jabs shortly after the Republican National Convention. Big Pharma and the CDC will come out and acknowledge the adverse reactions are greater than they had allegedly anticipated. Then they will blame Operation Warp Speed and Trump for wanting to get a vaccine out before the 2020 election. They will say that they were rushed and couldn't do the proper testing. They'll say they didn't want to release the bioweapon, but Trump forced their hand. My readers are well aware that Trump was manipulated, lied to, and designed to be the fall guy. Many of you will never forgive him for it, 
Others will say it's not his fault and he should not get any blame at all. Most are somewhere in between. But one thing seems pretty clear to me. The minions of the powers that be will blame him whether he deserves it or not, unquote. Again, it is a strategy that the bad guys would certainly employ here. Um, I've been over Operation Warp Speed and what it really means. It doesn't mean what people think it means at face value. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat's all jacked up here. Um, but that's just, that's the way that it is. And this is certainly a strategy that you have to assume they've worked out here in order to, again, place blame on particular things. And uh, again, all the books that have been written, certainly Deborah Burks with her book and Screaming and Yelling, and uh, there was a lot of dissension in the White House, and he wouldn't listen to us, and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, who's to know? But if the media all works in lockstep against him in order to pin this on him, then, well, it's a plausible scenario is basically all I'm saying. So. There is that. I just wanted to bring that to people's attention because that's an ongoing thing. There is this then as well. Diving into the education realm here. Uh, Jesse James sent me a bunch of posts having a great deal to do with professional development that is, of course, taking place right now all over the United States. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Florida schools are already back to school. I could have that wrong, but I think that's the case. And certainly schools everywhere are starting to go back right now, as, as you've heard me describe, certainly in the last episode and all of that, uh, you know, white bashing nonsense that takes place. Well, here's an example that he sent me. This is from a Facebook group called Parents Defending Education, and it says the following. Latest from Tennessee, Clarksville-Montgomery County School System provided staff with training that taught white and Christian people are privileged while a person of color and someone who is polyamorous are oppressed. And there's a chart here, and it has three vertical columns. In the first column, actually, <laughs> okay, hang on. This chart is titled Social Identities, Privilege, and Oppression Outside of Race. So in the three vertical columns, the first section says Social Identity slash System of Oppression. The middle one says privilege status, and then the one on the right says oppression status. So across the board for social identity system of oppression, the first one says race. Under privilege status, it says white. And then oppression status, it says person of color. Point being, it's telling the individual that based on race, if you're white, then you hate people who are people of color that this is your oppressor, or that you believe that that's the case. It then says disability or ableism. The privilege status is able-bodied, and the oppression status is physical disabled, I'm sorry, physical disability, cognitive disability, mental health disability. The next one is gender sexism, which is the social identity or system of oppression. And then it says privilege status is men or cisgendered individuals, whatever the hell that is. Oppression status is women, trans, non-binary, and genderqueer. You, you, get, you get the post. I think you understand what's going on here. Again, anybody sitting through 
any professional development, quote unquote, that has that in it, if they're not getting up and walking away, well, they're the problem. They are the problem. Because by being there, you're allowing it to continue to take place. It's beyond disgusting, but again, sheep to the slaughter. So I don't think we should uh, expect anything different. There's this as well. This was another post that he sent me. This is from his county, if I'm not mistaken, Oakland County Employees. It says, celebrate Be Kind to Humankind Week, August 24th through the 30th. Apparently, this is the only time we're supposed to be kind. I'm going to read through this quickly. This seems really suspicious to me. This is almost like a meet and greet for kids to groom them. It's one of those kinds of things. It says, Oakland County's Be Kind to Humankind Week kickoff event, Thursday, August 24th, from 12 to 1 p.m. for a whole hour. It says, Oakland County employees are invited to join the kickoff to Be Kind to Humankind Week and learn how you can speak how you can spread more kindness to family, friends, co-workers, and the world around you. Sign up to volunteer opportunities, employee kindness in the community award ceremony, listen to motivational speaker Gil Garrett, meet the sheriff's office comfort canines, it says donate care package items and grab lunch and a f- at the food truck from 11 to 2. This is apparently put together by Deputy Gil Garrett, or at least he's going to be there, and he's, I guess, uh, yeah. This is the motivational speaker guy. Uh, Large black man, might be gay, not sure. It says, uh, let's see. He is stationed at the Oakland County Sheriff's Office Pontiac Substation. With more than 19 years of law enforcement experience, he has witnessed firsthand the detrimental effects of street violence and community disengagement. These experiences prompted him to seek out his first political office on the Pontiac School Board, start neighborhood watch programs, and assist local businesses take enhanced safety measures. He teaches his students about how photography can help people promote their individual ideals and social beliefs and ultimately can change negative perceptions that surround them on a daily basis. He believes that Giving of one's talents to serve his fellow man is the greatest contribution a person can make in this world. Well, that's nice. It just seems, I don't know. I mean, this is the state of affairs, is it not? That I I see something like this that's called Be Kind to Humankind Week with a a particular event with a guy who works for the sheriff's department who uh, enjoys photography, and they're inviting families and children to show up and... uh, you know, my, my radar goes off. It just seems very odd to me. Again, I don't, I don't trust stuff like this. It just seems weird. Here's another one though. This should send you up the wall. Uh, this was another Facebook post, I assume, or it was something, a text that he received. Either way, this is, uh, this is a back to school health and well-being meeting day. Uh, Let's see. This is from the organization called For Your Health. That's right. The number four, the letters U-R, and then health is spelled H-L-T-H. So if this is what's happening with the jabbed where they can't spell, then uh, we're all in deep trouble. But it says, For Your Health welcomes back Dr. Angela Seabright, D-O, and then it says to Stellantis, 
where she will discuss various pediatric health topics, such as annual checkups, immunizations, and a healthy routine slash transition as we approach the new school year. And then they want you to register. And then there's an Autism Awareness Day on Tuesday, August 8th as well. The irony. I mean, the irony. Listen to this doctor talk about how all your kids need to be up on all their shots. And oh, by the way, stick around because just five days later, there's an Autism Awareness Day. You can't make up the stupidity. These two advertisements are right next to each other. They're right on top of one another. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. You see, what I'm, you see what I'm talking about here? This is the problem. This continues to be the problem. Now, before I get into a few other stories, there is a bit of good news. There's another homeschool victory right here. This was just sent to me by a friend, and they, they told me, that uh, this individual is one of their friends and is a homeschooling mother and has apparently uh, sought them out basically and said, hey, do you know of any homeschooling resources or references or anything of that nature? And she pointed her to my website, AmericanEducationFM.com, and told her that there's a bunch of homeschooling resources there. And wouldn't you know it, it looks like both of her sons are now homeschooling. And hopefully using some of those resources that are there, maybe a Becca, maybe something else. But it says, first day of school, homeschool edition. So excited for my little learners. I feel so blessed to have this opportunity and cannot wait to see where this takes us. Yeah, congratulations. You're ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the curve. All the other brainwashed goons are still sending their kids to school because, well, you know, they think that's the best place for them. But if your kids can read and write, I'm telling you, sky's the limit. They can do it themselves. They can do it themselves. And what's coming down the line here, as you've heard me say a million times, is not an environment where you're going to want your children. You do not want your children in these public-private charter school environments. You don't. And no, it has nothing to do with fake school shootings. It has everything to do with illness and the trauma. I should, I should add this. It's also going to be the physical and mental emotional trauma that students are going to have in a classroom and school setting by watching their peers fall over dead, including their teachers and staff members. That's already happened, by the way. I've already read those stories on the show from from a number of years over the you know since the jab years since the jab rollout, students and staff members falling over, and then it happening in the middle of the day and numerous witnesses to it. And you've heard me say somebody in that crowd has got to be yelling out, "It was the jabs!" But but again, how often is that happening? And is the environment waking up? Sure doesn't seem like it, but at least that parent has their head on straight, and congratulations. Congratulations. Your kids, by default, will now be smarter, wiser, more polite, well-groomed, the whole thing, more so than someone who is subjecting their children to these environments. There's no doubt about that. Okay, moving on here. Um, Ethan Crumbly. The Ethan Crumbly case takes a, uh, a predictable turn 
it's not even a predictable turn. It's it's not even a turn. It's basically still on the exact same wavelength. Of course, Ethan Crumbly did shoot four people and kill them. This was not fake. This was this was a real one. But it says it is titled. Uh, let me see. This is from Odyssey.com, from News Radio 950. It says disturbing testimony. Audio played in hearing for Ethan Crumbly reveals teens' disturbing thoughts. Planning of Oxford school shooting. Quote: I'm going to have so much fun. Unquote. Here, here again, not to rehash the entire thing, but you, you know my, uh, I mean, I'll read a few quotes here from his journal, but you know my take on this. He pulled the trigger. The school officials in the building had a, had a responsibility to search his belongings after all of the gun evidence and shooting evidence that they had seen. They didn't do that. They sent him back to class. Instead of detaining him in an office and then calling the police department because there was no resource officer on duty at the time, not on the campus anyway, they should have detained him, they should have searched him, and then no one would have died. The people who worked in the building didn't do their jobs, and they got a free pass. Now, do they work there anymore? Probably not, but they're still involved. They're still involved. And his parents, I might add, are still in jail. And they didn't do anything. Again, they didn't read his journal. They didn't know he was doing this kind of stuff. They didn't know. I mean, if they knew he was doing this in his journal, they would have taken the journal away from him, don't you think? Don't you think that would have been something that they would have gotten rid of? Why did he still have it? If they had actually seen it, most parents, you would think, even negligent ones, would come across something like that and confront their child about it, but they didn't even know he had it. So, yeah. You know, being an unaware parent isn't a crime. It's an, it's an unfortunate reality, but it's not a crime. But again, as you've heard me say, this is a gun grab. This goes way beyond uh, four people dying in a school. So here's a few quotes from old Ethan. Quote, I will kill any innocent. I don't care who I kill. I will kill who I feel like killing. Age, gender, I don't care. Willis testified that Crumbly texted, quote, The scary thing is like being this effed up. Some people don't, but I like it. I like being like this. It says in his journal, the teenager wrote, I want to shoot up the effing school so badly, I'm going to buy a 9mm pistol, Willis testified. And this Willis kid, I think, was a friend of his. If uh, I'm sorry, this is Lieutenant Timothy Willis, uh, Willis of the Oakland County Sheriff's Office. Not a friend of his. Let's see. Um, it says, Willis testified that Crumbly later wrote in his journal, quote, Ready and a 9mm ready. Then I'll walk behind any girl, pretty, in parentheses, and shoot them in the back of the head. I will then shoot anyone I see aiming for the head until I have to reload. I will then find a full class. Willis said that Crumbly wrote that he didn't want to kill himself because then he wouldn't be remembered. Quote, I want to be remembered through all of history, Willis testified that Crumbly wrote. Quote, I just saw a group of girls sitting down in the hallway. If I had my pistol on me, then I would have not hesitated to blow both of their brains out. I will just hope their parents will feel the sadness and distraught. Uh, it says, I will then shoot up the school. I hope that every parent of kids that I gratefully murdered 
will be so sad that they kill themselves. I mean, look, it's beyond evident the kid's nuts. I mean, he's a murderer. This shouldn't shock anybody. This, this shouldn't be a surprise. But for the entire school environment to just remove any responsibility whatsoever blows me away. And yes, I know people would say the parents are responsible too, to which I would say they're responsible when it comes to knowing what your child is doing, knowing what your child, you know, being involved in your child's life. Again, it's not a crime to be negligent. I mean, negligence is a crime depending on how far it stretches, but this is, uh, this goes, this goes way past that. It just goes way past. So, again, I've said it a million times, it's a gun grab. That's what this is really about. This is about going after the parents of a child who use a gun in a crime. Whether someone dies or not, then they can go after the parent. And then, well, good luck to every gun owner in Michigan because they want individuals' guns who are law-abiding citizens and have no children. They want your guns. That's what this is ultimately about. So there you go. There's that. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. There's th there was this little story too. Very strange. Cicely sent me this last week. Um, this is from ToddStarns.com. It's titled Bulletin Mass Shooting Averted Thanks to Security Measures at Memphis Hebrew Academy. I'm going to say out of the gate, I don't believe this. I just don't trust this. This was allegedly an adult white individual. Well, he's Jewish, but yeah, he's Jewish. And he apparently used to go to this school, and they're claiming the school is that he tried to enter the building, but because of their security measures, while this guy was allegedly armed, uh, their security measures averted the shooting, and they were able to call police while on lockdown, and then the person was arrested. This was also, again, a former student as a grown man now, but a former student of the alleged school. So take that for what you want. I doubt it, frankly, only because it really didn't hit the mainstream. At least I don't think it did. I don't watch mainstream media, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It just seems weird to me. Not saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying it seems very strange. This was also sent to me by our Louisiana educator. This happened in their state. I got some audio to play with this one. This is, uh, this is hilarious. It is titled, Northwest High Principal Charged with Fraudulently, fraudulently rather, Collecting SNAP Benefits. Give this a listen. St. Landry Parish, the principal of Northwest High School, has been arrested and charged with fraud after attempting to collect state benefits by posing as her mother. Officials say 43-year-old LaShondra Taylor has been receiving SNAP benefits for three years on behalf of her mother, who is in a nursing home. Officials say the investigation began when the nursing home alerted officers about receiving a fraudulent letter that was sent to the Department of Children and Family Services by Taylor. According to detectives, Taylor admitted to changing a document from the nursing home in hopes to getting staff benefits reinstated. Stealing from your elderly mother who is in a nursing home as a school principal. Classic. Classic. That old yarn. Well, don't worry. I'm sure she'll find her way back into a uh, American school district sooner rather than later. Felony and all. 
It's it's uh, <laughs> my God, just incredible. It's incredible. Absolute laughing stock. It's astounding. Okay, there's this now too. And Cicely threw this my way again from New Mexico. I'm going to read her email and then what the New Mexico Public Education Department says about homeschooling. And she has a point here, and it's a very serious point. Uh, She said the following here. She said, quote, As a requirement of the state of New Mexico, we have to register, quote-unquote, our child in our homeschool. On or before August 1st, she said, oops, broke the law again, and I'm doing it today, August 2nd. New Mexico has extremely low standards for education, as you know. So it looks like the only requirement, quote-unquote, is just to register with the state. There's no tests we have to submit, etc. Pretty lenient, as you would expect. She said, I did, however, find this page concerning the statuses interesting. the parent landing website, of course, I cannot open because it requires a login. But then she said this. She said a few questions came up. What counts as attending school was one of her questions. How does the PED know that my the, uh, Department of Ed, I assume that means, know that my child is spending 180 days in instruction? What makes my child truant, she asked. Why do I need to keep a record of vaccinations? So apparently, again, they're, they're asking for this. She said the above link of generic information from the PED. Um, parents, education, something maybe? My apologies. Anyway, she wrapped up and she said this, and then I'll get into what the actual website says. She said, now that he's enrolled, he's set up with a registration ID, similar to a student ID in a school. Is this a way for the state to keep track of my child every year? Why do I need to register in the first place? A time is coming when the homeschooling community will be heavily monitored and eventually not even allowed. Noncompliance, I dare you, and screw you is the only way, unquote. She's 100% right. I texted her back and I said, uh, if if anybody comes to your door, Have them identify themselves, and if they're from the government, you say lawyer, and then you close the door. And then get on the phone immediately with either a lawyer or um, the sheriff's department. Because again, she's 100% right that they want to come after homeschooling. This This has to be their plan going forward. You cannot have the government apparatus crumbling to the ground by their own doing, and then have them not come after the people who have had it right the entire time. So New Mexico Public Education Department, that's the PED, there you go. It says homeschooling. Homeschooling is where a parent or legal guardian of a school-age person operates a home study program including, not limited to, reading, language arts, mathematics, social studies, and science. Students who are homeschooled are not considered public school students, and thank God for it. It says parents, legal guardians must notify the state of the establishment of a school of a homeschool rather within 30 days of withdrawal from a public private school and re-notify the state on or before August 1st of each year thereafter. Notification must also be made when a student moves or enrolls in a public or private school. This can be done via the NMPED homeschool system. 
It says that system is the online database where families can notify the NMPED of the enrollment and disenrollment of children in homeschooling. Parents create an account and log in to provide annual notification to NMPED, update contact details, change geographic school district if moved, provide enrollment, disenrollment information, and print off official verification of enrollment. This online registration replaces the letter of intent to the Secretary of Public Education. In accordance with the Federal Education Rights and Privacy Act of 1974, FERPA, as amended, a student's education records are, manu- are I'm sorry, maintained confidential to the extent permitted by law. The NMPED has not designated information within the agency as direct as directory information as provided in 34 CFR subsection 99.37. And then here's what it says regarding enrollment. To enroll a student in homeschool in the 2023-24 school year, it says review the frequently asked questions and statutes pertaining to homeschooling. It says, number one, read the appropriate instructions for your circumstance, returning enrollment instructions, new enrollment instructions, and documentation regarding system security. It says go to their homeschooling system, log into the account, and if you are a new homeschooler or did not homeschool in 2019 to present, create an account, add your child, enroll your child for the current school year. And then it says number one, number two, number three, withdraw your child from the school district that he or she has previously attended. Um, If you enroll your child in a public or private school in the future, log in and then disenroll them. And then number three, families can elect to operate a homeschool at any time and provide notification at that time. So here's the deal. Um, They are tracking these kids. It is government. I understand that they probably have to. As long as a birth certificate exists, government knows that the child exists. And uh, yeah, they want they want tabs on your kid. Um, Ohio's rather lenient. Ohio probably has a very similar similar stance and a similar process for homeschooling children, I would assume. And uh, I know that other states are not as lenient. They want to know exactly what the child is learning at home, what their grades are. They even want parents to provide the actual curriculum in writing to the state to see what they're doing. You know, if the parent is using a particular program, the state wants to know what program that is. I mean, that's when they become remarkably invasive. But uh, again, it's 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 registration for the state, which, yeah, it is problematic. And it would be a nice day when uh, all of this is abolished and people just get to raise their children and, uh, you know, provide proof on their own to a future employer that yes I went to, I was homeschooled here are the programs that I used as you can see in my resume this is factually accurate and if you want to get a hold of the homeschooling program to find out if I was enrolled and graduated well then you can do that but having the state intervene and know about uh, vaccinations and learn about vaccinations that's a problem that's a big big problem and that's of course when you might get a knock on the door during another fake pandemic and you know the government's here to help you and then it's all downhill from there okay um that leads me to this and we're going to ease right into the jab talk but this is all about children 
This is from Summit News, and it is titled, Study Huge Numbers, Study, rather, Huge Numbers of Kids Permanently Damaged by Lockdowns. Now again, this shouldn't shock us, and my overall summary of this is as follows. It is the number one responsibility of the parents to protect the children from evil, both foreign and domestic. That is the responsibility of the parent. It doesn't matter where you are with your child or where your child is. They do not know how the world works. It is your legal responsibility, in my opinion, to, of course, always protect them and make them aware of evil. But, as we know, if the parents don't know what that evil is, well, then protecting your kid becomes impossible. So me personally, I blame the parents. I blame the parents on this one. Sorry, I just do. Government tells your child to wear a mask and you went along with it. That's your fault. That's your fault. Government said, get your kid jabbed to make everybody safe. Your kid got jabbed. Your kid died. That's your fault. That's the parent's fault. The parent is responsible for learning about what the evil is and learning about the depths of evil in order to protect their child. It's the lack of consistent learning on the part of the parent that is the largest problem. That really is contagious, unfortunately. I mean, that's the pandemic. There's your pandemic. Cognitive dissonance and inability to learn as an adult about the evils that exist on a factual basis. Not the fake stuff we learned in school, but the real stuff. So here we go. It says half of all parents in the UK are reporting serious deterioration of children's social and emotional skills. Yeah, no kidding. It says the research comes from the Institute of Fiscal Studies and notes that children aged between four and seven were significantly more likely, 52%, to be affected than 12 to 15 year olds, 42%. Doesn't matter. It really does not matter the age. If everybody was exposed to these environments over the last three years and they went along with it, they were getting angry and having their mind just stepped on and pushed in and leaned in. And as you've heard me say, you can only lean on the human mind so much before it snaps. It says the research also found that, children's, that children whose parents were furloughed mandatorily made to take a leave of absence from their jobs were significantly more likely to experience a worsening in their socio-emotional skills than those whose parents had not been furloughed, 51% versus 45%. Now, this is an interesting take, too, because there's lots of angles with this one. I have no doubt about that first line, that yes, parent, or children who see their parents be furloughed or laid off or whatever, for whatever reason, maybe the parents didn't, didn't want to play the game, and the parents sat down with their children and explained to them what was actually happening, and they said, look, we're going to quit our jobs because our jobs are forcing us to wear a mask and take these bioweapon shots, and we're not going to do that. So sitting the kids down and explaining that to them, again, if you have level-headed parents, then, they're, then those children are not distraught necessarily. Now, I'm sure frankly, that it caused uh, families to uproot themselves and move, find other jobs, 
sell homes, you know, whatever it is, get rid of their belongings. Yes, that can be remarkably traumatic for a child. But what's more traumatic, certainly in the long run, as is happening on a daily basis, are the parents who went along with it. And then the children who went along with it because the parents went along with it. Because those are the individuals who are still brainwashed. And when the truth comes, well, where are they going to be? They're further behind than the parents who stood up for themselves and stood up for their children. So, you know, it's only a matter of time before that tree falls over too. It says, essentially, kids whose families experienced hardship due to the lockdown were significantly more likely to have serious developmental issues. It says the questions in the study included asking whether children had become, quote, easily scared, constantly fidgeting, or squirming, or generally obedient. Author of the study, Andrew McKendrick, an IFS research economist, commented that, quote, during the COVID-19 pandemic, children from all backgrounds saw their social and emotional skills worsen considerably. Children lived through many changes during these years, school closures, lack of contact with family and friends, and potentially devastating severe illness or death among loved ones, McKendrick continued, adding that the lockdowns have had multi-generational impacts, rather. Yeah, we know. He also said, Our research shows that another important driver of children's declining skills was the economic disruptions experienced by their parents whether or not those disruptions led to a large income loss. Yes, that would have an impact. I have no doubt about that. But what's going to have a far longer and more nefarious stretching impact are, again, the parents who went along with this, the parents who subjected their children to this. Those are the ones that are going to have um, a far longer and more negative impact, in particular, if they don't have level-headed parents in the home who can explain what's actually taking place. But then again, you know, that's the divide. That's the social divide right there and the moral divide. This article wraps up and it says, uh, Children's Commissioner Rachel D'Souza said, quote, I'm deeply concerned by the findings of this research on children's social and emotional skills. Well, isn't it funny that it was the school environment? that perpetuated these lack of social and emotional skills, too. They went along with it also. Aren't they to blame? It says, This study shows that the disruption and pandemic caused to children's development has been long-lasting. That's obvious. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, Let's see. Arabella Skinner of the Parents Campaign Group, Us for Them, commented that the research shows how kids became, quote, collateral damage of lockdowns, noting that, quote, There were many occasions when warnings were ignored. It says, quote, It is is an unavoidable fact that many of our children's development has been negatively impacted by the pandemic restrictions. Skinner asserted further urging that, quote, The government must take action now. Yeah, let's ask government for help. What do you think? Let's ask government. What can be done better in the future for families, children, and the school environment? Honest to God. They've learned nothing. They said, quote, 
They need to support all the services which support our children and ensure that this never happens again, unquote. The research adds to the voluminous examples of prominent studies showing that the enforced restrictions during the pandemic were catastrophically detrimental to society. Okay. Again, if people were participating in lockdowns, that's your fault. If there were people actually staying inside, and we know that there were, and I know that people would say, Sean, there were certain countries where you weren't allowed to leave. You weren't allowed to be out in the street walking around. Well, to hell with the rules and to hell with government. You should have been walking around in masses all of the time, regardless of what government said, which means if you went along with it, you were the problem. End of story. That's it. And you were, you were the problem, not just for yourself and the immediate people around you, but everybody seeing you go along with it. And there are lots of eyes on lots of people. But again, all of the people watching other people go along with it. I mean, you jacked us up too. I mean, people like me who were walking around without a mask ever, doing whatever I wanted to do, I had to see your stupid faces wearing a mask all the time. That was a problem for me. So, I can only imagine what you did to your own kids and the people around you. Good Lord. Again, we've all seen the meme. A day is going to come when the children will grow up and they will look at their parents if they're still alive. And they'll say, what did you do during the war? And what will the parents say if they're alive? Which, let's face it, they're probably not going to be. And the child probably won't even be alive either. But, you know, not to, <laughs> not to doom and gloom, but it is kind of true. But if the time ever came or the question was ever asked, and you know it had to have been asked already by countless children, why did you send me to that school? Why did you make me wear a mask? You talk about conflict inside the home and between the child and the parents and driving a wedge between the child and the parents. Do you see how government operates here? It's astounding to me, but this is, you know, this is the way it goes. It's not history repeating itself. It's people repeating. It's evil people repeating negative habits and satanic uh, patterns of behavior here that that is repeating itself. I mean, that's the thing repeating itself. That's the problem. But there will be that interfamilial conflict, guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's unavoidable. Unless, of course, again, the child just goes along and their mom and dad are dead and they can't, uh, for the life of them, figure out why they've died and the child is just brainwashed beyond all. Uh, all recognition, and there's no bringing them back to reality. Who's to know? But um, yeah, there you go. It's kind of an obvious study. We know that. So either way, wanted to bring it to your attention because more people are writing about it. Of course, I wrote a whole book about it as it was happening. And there you go. Wrote two of them, as a matter of fact. American Education in 2020 was the first one. You can practically get it for free on Amazon. It's thick. It's about as thick as your as your forearm. It's uh it's a big one. Anywho, there's this now. Okay, jab stuff.
let me let me hit this real quick. You probably heard and continue to hear of the state senators and politicians that are falling ill. Well, there's one right here, a Katie Britt. And I wanted to bring this to your attention. Jesse James threw this my way also, along with um, some commentary on this. But this looks like it was from Facebook, too. It's a picture of Katie Britt, who I believe was a senator in Alabama, state senator from Alabama. And here's a picture of her uh, from the t- with the title, and I assume this is their actual Facebook page. I'm not on Facebook, never have been, you know, don't really know what it looks like, but it says USA Health Children's and Women's Hospital. It says USA Health and the Business Council for Alabama have joined forces to inform business owners throughout the state about the value of their employees getting a COVID-19 vaccination. Again, uh, you know, the, 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 the peer pressure here, the inter-business-related peer pressure, all these people who work for all these agencies and all these businesses, I mean, the bullying that must have taken place and and the coercion and the incentives and all of this stuff and we know that they're they're ramping this up again they're going to do this again they're rebranding their incentive program to get people jabbed in the future they're going to do it again um anyway it says Katie Britt president and CEO of the BCA walked the walk recently by getting vaccinated at the USA Health Vaccination Center in Mobile this was on April 15th of 2021, and there she is sitting backwards in the passenger seat of an SUV in what looks like, yeah, a drive through stadium of some kind that they've turned into a, a, a mobile vaccination place. And she's got her, uh, her arm sleeve down there over her shoulder as she's getting jabbed. Well, wouldn't you know it, now she has paralysis in the face. So here's the commentary. It says, Yesterday I reported on the most recent neurological injury in the Senate. I don't mean the normal everyday brain damage exhibited by most Congress people, but rather actual clinical diagnosable injuries. Alabama's unfortunate Katie Britt, the youngest Republican senator in history at 41 years young, is now recovering for several, re- several weeks, it says, quote unquote, uh, from a health incident. That sounds a lot like the first reports we got about Justin Bieber before he started recovering for several weeks, which ended along with his entire career. Anyway, since my writing schedule is a little difficult this week because... I'm sorry. uh, Okay. Yeah, it says she was fully jabbed. There you go. It says at the bottom, fully jabbed. That's her vaccination status. So she's had probably three, certainly two. And yeah, another one bites the dust. Still alive, not for long. Let me read a few more of these. As I've mentioned before, one of the Telegram pages that I follow is COVID Vaccine Injuries. I highly recommend this page. If memory serves, they are based out of Australia. It's a lot of Australia news and Australia-related individuals. They also cover things that go on in the United States, of course. But um. I wanted to read a few of these. These are, again, first-hand accounts or second-hand accounts here of what has occurred with 
individuals who are jabbed. Here's the first one. And buckle up because, you know, it's what you would expect. It says, quote, my neighbor stopped for a chat. Um, and this is hashtag died suddenly worldwide, it said, and copied from there. My neighbor stopped by for a chat, uh, looked and acted perfectly normal. We talked about neighbor things, asked her if she was if she had ever had the jab. She said her sister passed away six months ago. She said after the jab, she never felt the same, but did it again. My neighbor said, I'm so glad I stopped at just one. Two hours later, the ambulance was at her house and she was pronounced dead. Tonight, I attend her wake, R.I.P. Carol. And then comments below that said, My sister's friend, I'm sorry, my sister friend's sister just died suddenly, 62 years old, and husband has terminal cancer. My father-in-law said the same. After the Moderna, he never felt the same. That's just like our family friend. She got it to keep her job, but never felt right since. She got the next. My mom tried to get uh, a hold of her since she lived in a different state and hadn't heard from her. She had been found gone in her apartment alone. She had told my mom to never get it. It's sad she didn't stand up for herself, unquote. Here's the next one. It says the following. Today I was taking a gentleman, uh, talking rather, I can read, talking with a gentleman who has two jabs. And what's interesting, by the way, as I read these, sometimes they don't, they won't say the jabs. They, you know, they, they word it differently because they're afraid of censorship or whatever it may be. Not, not on not on Telegram, of course, but when they're copied from other social media sites, they, you know, they'll call the jabs suckers or stickers or things like that. It says, anyway, he seems okay, but we were talking about his grandson who sadly passed away in January from ongoing issues with blood clots on his brain. They discovered this initially when he was only three weeks old. Uh, he was only 16 months old when he passed away after five surgeries. He was told doctors cannot explain why it occurred and that it is rare, quote-unquote. No one is questioning anything, it says. It's a very sensitive topic to those grieving with loved ones affected. I really wanted to point out the obvious. Sadly, I don't feel like there was any point. So this is where it's at. Much grief with much more to come and many unaware. How do we get through to people about what is taking place? Unquote. That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? That's the million-dollar question. Here's one last one. It says, quote, Monday morning at work, we are all gathered and informed that a well-respected and lovable lady had passed away over the weekend. She was three times jabbed and had recently received her flu shot. She apparently was sick for three weeks with a flu, shocking, because that's what the shot is, and apparently had pneumonia. So today a coworker says, hey, do you think the things had anything to do with her passing? See, they, they call them the things. Um, I just nodded my head when she said, I don't understand this woman didn't take any medication and was into natural therapy. I said, let me guess. 
She had them because she was scared of losing her job, question mark, question mark. So sad this woman lost her life over bricks and mortar, unquote. It raises an interesting point. I can't tell you the number of people who are into holistic medicine that I've heard took these also. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it, uh, that, that one's a mind bender. That, that continues to be a very odd thing. You would expect them, of course, to be the last. You would expect them to be the people that would never take them, and yet that was, that was certainly not the case. All right, now I have some audio I want to play. This comes from SGT Report. I don't normally watch his show ever, as a matter of fact, but uh, he did have Dr. Anna. Let me see if I can pronounce her last name right. Everybody calls her Dr. Anna, rightfully so. Uh, Mahalsia if I'm saying that correctly. Maybe I, maybe I got it right, maybe I didn't. Either way, she has been on here, and she's been saying a lot of great things, and I've heard her on Stu Peters' show, and I've heard her a number of other places, and she disagrees with the Dr. McCulloughs of the world on a, on a great many things, and I agree with her. For example, she will talk about the messenger RNA and the spike protein. She will say there's no spike protein, there's just nanoparticle technology and self-assembling metal that is in these shots that is forming around the blood cells, killing blood cells. And then as blood cells attempt to stop these, uh, these nanoparticle technologies and metals and self-assembling metals from forming, well, the, the blood cells die. And the technology inside just continues to build, thus creating, of course, these blood clots, which are far, far different from your average blood clot, as we all know. But approximately 30 minutes in here, she actually brings up a point that I've brought up consistently, which is it doesn't really matter what's in these. And again, I know there's a lot of arguing back and forth. Is, is there really messenger RNA in it? You know, I, I'm, I'm a very... Uh, pragmatic guy on this issue. I don't care. What I know is there's poison in it. It's hijacking people's DNA. It's giving them AIDS and they're dying. So, I mean, let's just stick with that. It's hijacking the body's normal ability to do what it's supposed to do. Any of the arguing back and forth on the semantics is irrelevant. What she does say, which you've heard me say, is that she doesn't believe that there's placebos at all. And throughout this entire talk that she gives, she basically says that it's the unjabbed who are also getting sick and have this nanotechnology in them also, because she's looked at blood from unjabbed people, and that's the case. She, of course, says people are getting it from dirty water, they're getting it from their poisoned food, they're getting it from chemtrails, they're breathing it in. You know, this makes sense to a degree, but I would simply say, Instead of examining your own blood, which again, if you have the ability to do that and you know what you're looking at, by all means, do it. But um, I, I am with her 100% on there not being placebos. Because again, it certainly justifies, even if there were placebos, it justifies the multi-shot regimen that they want people to engage in here. That's why this is a depopulation agenda and a depopulation program. So allow me to play just a few minutes here. Uh, go ahead and give this a listen in three, two, one. 
And you see here this quantum dot structure. This is not a sugar or salt crystal. Look at these robotic arms, these blinking lights. This is DARPA hydrogel technology, optical communications. Anna, have you guys seen consistency from sample to sample and vial to vial? Or is this really random technology and it's luck of the draw to see what you're seeing here? Because now we have this report, this idea that there's basically three different batches, a placebo batch, a harmful batch, and a super harmful deadly batch of these vaccines. It sounds like the whole thing was just an experiment on what they could get away with, number one, and uh, what they could program us with, number two. Not everybody got the most dangerous vials. What's your comment on that? Um, so what I think is that there are differences of uh, what people uh, are able to tolerate in regards to the toxicity of these components. I believe everybody got technology. Uh, I do not believe that there were saline injections at all. Uh, the reason why uh, certain things are more toxic than others can depend on, for example, their sensitivities uh, against certain components of the uh, hydrogel, for example, polyamines or benzene toxicity. Certain people have much less tolerance to that, as well as the self-assembly uh, to these clots, which are frequency induced, and I will show those uh, later because we've done experiments and, and proven that. So uh, I, I clearly see, and the, my colleagues who are using dark field microscopy, is that every single human being has this now in their body, and that every vial that we've looked at has this. And like I said, I've just uh, uh, filmed the same stuff in dental anesthetics. I found it in insulin. So uh, clearly, uh, uh, there is there is a very very broad um, uh, use of this technology. Yeah, lockstep, like a plan. Again, I I agree with her. I agree with her. I haven't examined my blood under a slide yet. I would love to do that, uh, or under a microscope rather on a slide. Same with anybody who's who's not jabbed, but for those that are. I, I would say that's a move that needs to be made for those who are. If they haven't done that already, and I'm, as we know, most wouldn't because they wouldn't even conceive of any of this, let alone comprehend what's actually taking place. With that said, whether there's placebos or not is almost irrelevant. The multi-jab approach was the approach that they wanted. It's the approach that they got. They got the coercion in place in order to get more people jabbed. That's why they said, well, if you've had one, then you're not considered fully vaccinated. And that, of course, is why they had the entire vaccine card and all the suckers who filled that out. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's a problem. That should have been a red flag to anybody, too. But nope, they just went right along with it. And there was more than two... Uh, to, you know, fill in the blank sections on that vaccine card. There are at least four. And for those who are alive, by an absolute miracle, uh, I'm sure they've gone back and picked up yet another vaccine card so that they can keep filling in those blanks because, you know, that's their life now. That's what they do. And I'm not sure they have long. And that leads me, frankly, to this. And I have something here that I, that I have to read. Um, it's one of the last things I'm going to cover here, but this is of vital importance. In fact, it's so important 
not only is it something that I've brought up on the show previously, months ago, if I'm not mistaken, certainly at least a full month ago, but this is a particular substack that I will include in the description below, and I suggest that you move this around to people if you're interested. Unfortunately, at the very bottom of this substack, you have to pay in order to see what this individual says is a good uh, preventative measure or a potential treatment. But even they say within this, that's only going to work in the short term potentially. What this has to do with is this has to do with what is referred to, and you've heard me bring this up before, IgG4. And IgG4 antibody responses. So this is written by a Adam Gartner, if I'm saying that right, probably not. And their substack is verivirology.substack.com. Um, I believe the name of it is specifically COVID candy, as it says. But it is titled IgG4 Antibody Class Switch. End of the line. The subtitle is, Tired of COVID? So is your immune system. Innate, adaptive, and compliant, or I'm sorry, complement, are all out to lunch, and you're on your own. This was written on January 27th of 2023. So, a long time ago. But I didn't come across the IgG4 thing until, I guess it would have been, again, either... June or something. So late to the party on that, my apologies, but I subscribe to this person's channel now, assuming that, again, not everything is paid for, or that you have to subscribe and, and throw them a bunch of shekels. But either way, um, I want to read through the first half of this because they describe IgG4 in layman's terms. And uh, it's alarming because, again, this has been happening the entire time, but as you would expect, over the course of time, and then over the course of individuals continuously taking either medicine or weakening their immune systems via any kind of shot they take, this is an inevitability. Bear with me. Here we go. Here's what it says. Quote, over the last few weeks, anybody scientifically inclined has been abuzz about the IgG4 class switch that has been observed post-vaccination. I think it's safe to say this, this caught absolutely everybody by surprise. Neither the mainstream liars nor the resistance seem to have seen this one coming. While there are a lot of brilliant scientists that have accurately predicted a lot of what we would see over time, I can't think of a single one that saw this particular disaster coming. Please correct me if I'm mistaken, because they deserve some applause. With that said, it is a disaster. I've been reluctant to join the chorus of doomsayers without gaining a crystal clear understanding of the mechanisms and the implications. Having now done so, the only thing left to do is to share what I've learned with you and hope that between us, we might be able to reach a few of these people before it's too late. If you took a COVID-19 vaccine, you need to read this. Myself and many others have been trying to save you from your own arrogant, self-righteous selves. For years at this point. Last chance. It then says in italics, if you're here for the hard science, feel free to skip ahead to the long version. It's essentially the same content, but much more technical, detailed, accurate, and thoroughly cited. So here is the short version. It says, quote, 
Immune reactions are violent, corrosive, and damaging to the body. This is by design. Just as an army goes to war, the immune system physically fights invading pathogens and the weapons it uses causes collateral damage. Sometimes they cause a lot. Immune overreaction is a hallmark of SARS-CoV-2 and among the primary causes of mortality for severe COVID. Now I'm going to stop it there real quick and I'm just going to preface again this by saying this. This guy says SARS-CoV-2, he says COVID, he says, you know, all these things, he says viruses. You know my take on that. This person doesn't understand that this is just poison. It's not something traveling around in the air, in my opinion, but um, yeah. Either way, here we go. It continues. It says, this is why we suffer inflammation. Just as your skin will become inflamed if you spill acid on it, so too will your, bo- your blood vessels and organs as your immune system pours acid on them. Usually that's a good thing. Infected cells often, although not always, need to be destroyed and our immune system are all too happy to oblige. Of course, your immune system does not actually know whether any given foreign body warrants battle stations. This is among the reasons ordinary vaccines are injected alongside toxic adjuvants. They cause a bit of local mayhem to make sure your body knows that this is a bad one, quote-unquote, and that you need to fight it. You may or may not be aware that the mRNA vaccines do not come with adjuvants. I suppose they figured that the spike alone is toxic enough. Does it really need any? Question mark. Partially due to the absence of adjuvants, it appears that the immune system of people vaccinated with mRNA are deciding that the virus actually isn't worth fighting at all. When the body is repeatedly exposed to a harmless foreign body such as pollen, dendritic cells make a judgment call and they begin producing IgG4 antibodies. It says these are, are effectively sleep signals. Upon encountering the foreign body, the antibody binds to it. Any immune cell it encounters will be instructed to leave it alone, and they oblige. These are not the droids you're looking for. It continues, it says, that's great for preventing the extensive unnecessary damage that would occur if you were constantly fighting harmless, non-replicating foreign bodies. However, SARS-CoV-2 is emphatically not that. The spike alone is incredibly damaging. Proteins produced by the virus cause a lesser level of inflammation in their own right, and uncontrolled replication of almost any pathogen inevitably leads to organ failure and death due to cell damage and dysfunction alone. To borrow and extend to borrow and extend a brilliant analogy from Igor Chudov, who said it best, con- uh, consider rather a home invasion. The virus is the burglar, and that burglar is coming to take your stuff. Thus far, nobody has been home, but the alarms have been still working. The original antigenic sin caused by outdated mRNA has thus far precluded a fully effective antibody response. But the alarm is still on, and the cops are going to show up eventually. Their disease have been more severe and lasted longer but they've still been, for the vast majority, generally able to survive. That's about to change. The situation we now find ourselves in is much worse. 
Not only is nobody home anymore, but the cops are standing by the door guarding the burglars. IgG4 antibodies act to suppress the innate immune system as well as the adaptive. They bind to FCYRIIB complexes on cell surfaces that variously deactivate and destroy immune responses and cells. They bind to the virons themselves. They bind to CD4 T cells and dendritic cells. And they even bind to the signal cascade transducers of the complement immune system. Everywhere they go, the message is loud and clear. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. I had hoped that at least elements of the, of the innate immune system would be spared. No dice. With even complement being shut down, vaccines are in for a world of hurt. Vaccines, they said, are in for a world of hurt. Consider the excess death st- statistics, rather, that have been steadily rising lately. While they are thus far very likely to have been attributed mostly to otherwise silent vaccine injuries, the next time the COVID numbers start rising, we should expect to see vaccinees dying in droves. They likely mostly won't be dying in hospital either, with the immune response so dramatically blunted. The typical signs and symptoms of infection will likely be all but absent. It would actually be funny if it weren't so horrific. Uncontrolled replication will lead to trillions of virons tearing unchallenging through the tissues, exposing the victim to a similar quantity of bioactive, toxic spike protein as it created as it is created by the mRNA shots. Blood clots, myocarditis, autoimmunity, prion disease, everything that the shots can cause in the short term, so too will be the virus. And the very first clue that they're even infected may well be their sudden and unceremonious death, perhaps preceded by some general feeling of being unwell if they're lucky. It says, at the time of writing, there, are no, there is no known way to reverse this process. If you are producing IgG4 antibodies in response to the virus, you will likely continue to do so forever, until, the useless, until and unless, rather, we find a way to reverse it. Maybe a real vaccine would do it. However, there is still a great deal of hope for you, prophylaxis and treatment. It says, this is the part where you apologize to the people you laughed at for eating horse paste, by the way. Hopefully you've already done that. If not, get started. You were wrong. Very, very lethally wrong. And kind of an asshole about it, too. It wraps up and it says, quote, the full protocol and explanation at the bottom of this article. Ivermectin is part of it, but it's going to take way more than that to save you at this point. You're lucky anybody, anybody's even still trying. We know, that you we know what you would have done to us in, the 19, in 1943, it says, you rascally little order followers. And then it provides the long version. Uh, that's an unquote, by the way. So I'm not going to read the long version because it's much longer and uh, there's a lot of pictures and a number of other things. One of the things here, again, that it highlights, and then I'm going to wrap up this episode, is that these immune responses are taking place within the body because the cells that are supposed to do the job that they're supposed to do can't do the job. 
and they can't do the job because they don't recognize what's taking place. And if they do recognize it as being a foreign agent, they can't destroy it because it's something that's never been inside of the human body ever before. It just continues, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what else to say. It just continues. This is, this is going to continue to be a problem. We've already seen this take place. The mainstream media isn't saying any, anything about IgG4. I haven't heard Peter McCullough bring it up. I haven't heard, and frankly, anybody, in the, as this author says, in the so-called resistance movement uh, bring it up. They wrote about it. It, it didn't get a lot of, you know, up likes and a lot of comments necessarily. But, um, yeah, even to read the comments, I have to pay this person to read the 30 comments that exist. But I'm not going to do that. Either way, this continues to take place. And I want to end with this. I think it's a, a very poignant quote. It says the following, and I think this applies to a lot of us, if not all of us listening to this. It says, nobody talks about the mental onslaught of descending down the deepest, darkest rabbit holes on a daily basis to, un to uncover new horrors and forecasts, then somehow reemerging from the hole unscathed as a functioning member of society. If you are managing to do this, then you are as strong as a bull with the heart of a lion, unquote. That's us, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. We're doing this to not just save ourselves. We're doing this so that someone hears this and hears what's actually happening. Sits, thinks, gets scared because they should be scared. They should think more, and then they should start to reach out to people and ask questions. That's the only way that they might have a chance. But the enemy is going to keep going with this. They are not going to stop. And the evidence of what the enemy has already done is going to become more and more visible. There's, there's no avoiding it. So we press on. On Monday's episode, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be having a conversation with a retired nurse who has emailed me, and I've read her emails here on the show and her comments on the show. She commented through Rumble. And through one of the uh, Rumble episodes that I had on there, and then I read them on the show and reached out to her. And um, yeah, so we're going to be having a conversation before Monday. I haven't had it yet, but I will bring that to you. And the stories she is going to tell, I'm sure, are going to be incredible. Her observations throughout this entire time, what she has seen, what she is continuing to see. Um, this is not Kim Carter, of course. This is this is another nurse that will be joining us. So please check that out when that airs also. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. I'll catch you on Monday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.